Chapter Twelve of the Spanish Brothers by Deborah Alcock. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Twelve. The light divided from the darkness. I felt and feel whatever befalls the footsteps of thy life and mine. Tennyson. In the glorious autumn weather. Don Carlos rode joyfully through cork and chestnut groves, across bare brown plains, and amidst gardens of pale olives and golden orange globes shining through dark glossy leaves. He had long ago sent back to Seville the guard with which his uncle had furnished him, so that his only companion was a country youth, trained by Diego to act as his servant. But although he passed through the very district afterwards immortalized by the adventures of the renowned Don Quixote, no adventure fell to his lot unless it may count for an adventure that near the termination of his journey the weather suddenly changed and torrents of rain accompanied by unusual cold drove him to seek shelter ride on quickly jorge he said to his attendant for i remember there is a venta or inn by the roadside not far off a poor place truly where we are little likely to find a supper but we shall find a roof to shelter us and fire to warm us and these at present are our most pressing needs Arrived at the venta, they were surprised to see the lazy landlord so far stirred out of his usual apathy as to busy himself in trying to secure the fastening of the outer door, that it might not swing backwards and forwards in the wind, to the great discomfort of all within the house. The proud, indifferent Spaniard looked calmly up from his task, and remarked that he would do all in his power to accommodate his worship. But unfortunately, Signor and Your Excellency, a very great and principal nobleman has just arrived here with a most distinguished train of fine caballeros his lordship's gentlemen and servants and kitchen hall and chamber are as full of them as a hive is full of bees this was evil news to carlos proud sensitive and shy there could be nothing more foreign to his character than to throw himself into the society of a person who though really only his equal in rank was so much his superior in all that lends rank its charm in the eyes of the vulgar we had better push on to Isia, said he to his reluctant attendant, bravely turning his face to the storm and making up his mind to ten miles more in drenching rain. At that moment, however, a tall figure emerged from the inner door, opening into the long room behind the stable and kitchen that formed the only tolerable accommodation the one-storied venta afforded. Surely, senor, you do not intend to go further in the storm said the nobleman whose fine thoughtful countenance carlos could not but fancy that he had seen before it is not far to asia senor returned carlos bowing and first come first served is an excellent proverb the first comer has certainly one privilege which i am not disposed to waive that of hospitably welcoming the second do me the favor to come in senor you will find an excellent fire carlos could not decline an invitation so courteously given he was soon seated by the wood fire that blazed on the hearth of the inner room, exchanging compliments, in true Spanish fashion, with the nobleman who had welcomed him so kindly. Though no one could doubt for an instant the stranger's possession of the pure sangre azul, yet his manners were more frank and easy and less ceremonious than those to which Carlos had been accustomed in the exclusive and privileged class of Seville society. A fact accounted for by the discovery, afterwards made, that he was born and educated in italy i have the pleasure of recognizing don carlos alvarez de santillanos y meniaya said he 
I hope the babe about whom his worship showed such amiable anxiety recovered from its indisposition? This, then, was the personage whom Carlos had seen in such close conversation with the physician Losada. The association of ideas immediately brought back the mysterious remark about his father that he had overheard on that occasion. Putting that aside, however, for the present, he answered, Perfectly, I thank your grace. We attribute the recovery mainly to the skill and care of the excellent Dr. Cristobal Losada. A gentleman whose medical skill cannot be praised too highly, except, indeed, it were exalted at the expense of his other excellent qualities, and particularly his charity to the poor. Carlos heartily acquiesced, and added some instances of the physician's kindness to those who could not recompense him again. They were new to his companion, who listened with interest. During this conversation, supper was laid. As the principal guest had brought his own provisions with him, it was a comfortable and plentiful repast. Carlos, here he sat down, left the room to rearrange his dress, and found opportunity to ask the innkeeper if he knew the noble stranger's name. His Excellency is a great noble from Castille, returned mine host with an air of much importance. His name, as I am informed, is Don Carlos de Seso, and his illustrious lady, Doña Isabella, is of the blood royal. Where does he reside? His gentlemen tell me, principally at one of his fine estates in the north. Via Mediana, they call it. He is also corregidor, or mayor, of Toro. He has been visiting Seville upon business of importance, and is now returning home. Pleased to be the guest of such a man, for in fact he was his guest, Carlos took a seat at the table and thoroughly enjoyed the meal. An hour's intercourse with a man who had read and traveled much, but had thought much more, was a rare treat to him. Moreover, de Seso showed him all the fine cornice which a youth so highly appreciates from a senior, giving careful attention to every observation he hazarded, and manifestly bringing the best of his powers to bear on his own share of the conversation. He spoke of Fray Constantino's preaching, with an enthusiasm that made Carlos regret that he had been hitherto such an inattentive hearer. Have you seen a little treatise by the Fray entitled The Confession of a Sinner? he asked. Carlos having replied in the negative, his new friend drew a tract from the pocket of his doublet and gave it to him to read while he wrote a letter. Carlos, after the manner of eager, rapid readers, plunged at once into the heart of the matter, disdaining beginnings. Almost the first words upon which his eyes fell arrested his attention and drew him irresistibly onwards. Such has been the pride of man, he read, that he aimed at being God. But so great was thy compassion towards him in his fallen state that thou abasedst thyself to become not only of the rank of men, but a true man, and the least of men, taking upon thee the form of his servant, that thou mightest set me at liberty and that by means of thy grace wisdom and righteousness man might obtain more than he had lost by his ignorance and pride wast thou not chastised for the iniquity of others has not thy blood sufficient virtue to wash out the sins of all the human race 
are not thy treasures more able to enrich me than all the debt of adam to impoverish me lord although i had been the only person alive or the only sinner in the world thou wouldst not have failed to die for me o my saviour i would say and say it with truth that i individually stand in need of those blessings which thou hast given to all what though the guilt of all had been mine thy death is all mine even though i had committed all the sins of all yet would i continue to trust thee and to assure myself that thy sacrifice and pardon is all mine though it belong to all so far he read in silence then the tract fell from his hand and an involuntary exclamation broke from his lips passing strange they say so paused pen in hand and looked up surprised what find you passing strange senor he asked that he that fray constantino should have felt precisely what what he describes here that such a holy man should feel so deeply his own other sinfulness but you are doubtless aware that the holiest saints in all ages have shared this experience st augustine for instance with whose writings so ripe a theological scholar is doubtless well acquainted such returned carlos are not worse than others but they know what they are as others do not true tried by the standard of god's perfect law the purest life must appear a miserable failure we may call the marble of our churches and dwellings white until we see god's snow pure and fresh from heaven upon it ay senor said carlos with joyful eagerness but the hand that points out the stains can cleanse them no snow is half so pure as the linen clean and white which is the righteousness of saints it was de Cesar's turn to be astonished now in the look that half leaning over the table he bent upon the eager face of carlos surprise and emotion blended for a moment their eyes met with a flash like that which flint strikes from steel of mutual intelligence and sympathy but it passed again as quickly de Cesar said i suspect that i see in you senor don carlos one of those admirable scholars who have devoted their talents to the study of that sacred language in which the words of the holy apostles are handed down to us you are a gratian carlos shook his head greek is but little studied at complutum now he said and i confine myself to the usual theological course in which i have heard your success has been brilliant but it is a sore disgrace to us and a heavy loss to the youth of our nation that the language of st john and st paul should be deemed unworthy of their attention your excellency is aware that it was otherwise in former years returned carlos perhaps the present neglect is owing to the suspicion of heresy which truly or falsely has attached itself to most of the accomplished greek scholars of our time a miserable misapprehension the growth of monkish ignorance and envy and popular superstition heresy is a convenient stigma with which men ofttimes brand as evil the good they are incapable of comprehending most true senor even fray constantino has not escaped his crime has been that he has sought to turn the minds of men from outward acts and ceremonies to the great spiritual truths of which these are the symbols 
to the vulgar religion is nothing but a series of shows and postures yes answered carlos but the heart that loves god and truly believes in our lord and saviour is taught to put such in their proper place these ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone senor don carlos said de so with a sigh he could no longer suppress you are evidently a devout and earnest student of the scriptures i search the scriptures in them i think i have eternal life and they testify of christ promptly responded the less cautious youth i perceive that you do not quote the vulgate carlos smiled no senor to a man of your enlightened views i am not afraid to acknowledge the truth i have seen nay why should i hesitate i possess a rare treasure the new testament of our lord and saviour jesus christ in our own noble castilian tongue even through the calm and dignified deportment of his companion carlos could perceive the thrill that this communication caused there was a pause then he said softly and your treasure is also mine the low quiet words came from even greater depths of feeling than the eager tremulous tones of carlos for his convictions slowly reached and deeply purchased were built below the region of the soul that passions agitate based on the crystalline sea of thought and its eternity the heart of carlos glowed with sudden ardent love towards the man who shared his treasure and he doubted not his faith also he could joyfully have embraced him on the spot but the force of habit and the sensitive reserve of his character checked this impetuous demonstrativeness he only said with a look that was worth an embrace i knew it your excellency spoke as one who held our lord and his truth in honour ella es pues honor a vosotros que creis it would have been hard to begin a verse that carlos could not at this time have instantly completed he went on mas para los que no crean la piedra que los edificadores reprobaron a sorrowful truth said de Ceso, which my young friend must needs bear in mind his word like himself is rejected by the many its very mention may expose to obloquy and danger only another instance senor of those lamentable prejudices about heresy about which we spoke anon i am aware that there are those that would brand me me a scholar too with the odious name of heretic merely for reading god's word in my own tongue but how utterly absurd the charge the blessed book has but confirmed my faith in all the doctrines of our holy mother church has it said de so quietly perhaps a little dryly most assuredly senor carlos rejoined with warmth in fact i never understood or i may say truly believed those holy verities until now beginning with the credo itself and the orthodox catholic faith in our lord's divinity and atonement here their conversation was interrupted by the entrance of the attendants who removed supper replenished the lamp and heaped fresh chestnut logs on the fire but as soon as the room was cleared they returned eagerly to subjects so interesting to both our salvation rests said de Ceso, upon the great cardinal truths you have named by the faith which receives into your heart the atonement of christ as a work done for you you are justified i am forgiven and i shall be justified pardon me senor 
Scripture teaches that your justification is already complete. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. But that cannot surely be the apostle's meaning, said Carlos. I to me, I know too well that I am not yet completely justified. Far from it, evil thoughts throng my heart, and not with heart alone, but with lips, eyes, hands, I transgress daily. Yet you see, peace can only be consequent on justification, and peace you have. Carlos looked perplexed. Misled by the teaching of his church, he confused justification with sanctification. Consequently, he could not legitimately enjoy the peace that ought to flow from one at the complete and finished work, because the other necessarily remained imperfect. They say so explain that the word justify is never used in scripture in its derivative sense, to make righteous, but always in its common and universally accepted sense, to account or declare righteous. Quite easily and naturally he glided into the teacher's place, while Carlos gladly took that of the learner, not, indeed, without astonishment at the layman's skill and divinity, but with too intense an interest in what he said to waste much thought upon his manner of saying it. Hitherto he had been like an unlearned man, who, without guide or companion, explores the trackless shores of a newly discovered land. Should such a one meet in his course a scientific explorer, who has mapped and named every mountain, rock, and bay, who has traced out the coastline, and can tell what lies beyond the white hills in the distance, it is easy to understand the eagerness with which he would listen to his narrative, and the intentness with which he would bend over the chart in which the scene of his own journeyings lies portrayed. Thus they say so not only taught Carlos the true meaning of scripture terms, and the connection of scripture truths with each other, he also made clear to him the facts of his own experience, and gave names to them for him. I think I understand now, said Carlos, after a lengthened conversation, in which, moving from point to point, he had suggested many doubts and not a few objections, and these, in turn, had been taken up and answered by his friend. God be thanked. There is no more condemnation, no more punishment for us. Nothing, either in act or suffering, can be added to the work of Christ, which is complete. Ay, now you have grasped the truth which is the source of our joy and strength. It must then be our sanctification which suffering promotes, both in this life and in purgatory. All God's dealings with us in this life are meant to promote our sanctification. Joy may do it by his grace, as well as sorrow. It is written not alone, he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger, but also he fed thee with manna to teach the secret of life in him, from him, and by him. But suffering is purifying like fire. Not in itself. Criminals released from the galleys usually come forth hardened in their crimes by the lash and the oar. Having said this, they say so rose and extinguished the expiring lamp. Clark Carlos remained thoughtfully gazing into the fire. Senor, said after a long pause, during which the stream of thought ran continuously underground to reappear consequently in an unexpected place. Senor, do you think God's word, which solves so many mysteries, can answer every question for us? Scarcely. Some questions we may ask, of which the answers in our present state would be beyond our comprehension and others may indeed be answered there, but we may miss the answers, because through weakness of faith we are not yet able to receive them. For instance? I had rather not name an instance at present. Said they say so, 
and carlos thought his face had a sorrowful look as he gazed at it in the firelight i would not willingly miss anything my lord meant to teach i desire to know all his will and to follow it carlos rejoined earnestly it may be that you know not what you desire still name any question you wish and i will tell you freely whether in my judgment god's word contains an answer carlos stated the difficulty suggested by the inquiry of dolores who can tell the exact moment when his bark leaves the gently flowing river for the great deep ocean that of carlos on the instant when he put this question was met by the first wave of, of a mighty sea upon which he was to be tossed by many a storm but he did not know it i agree with you as to the silence of god's word about purgatory returned his friend and for some time both gazed into the fire without speaking this and similar discoveries have sometimes given me i own a feeling of blank disappointment and even of terror said carlos at length for with him it was one of those rare hours in which a man can bear to translate into words the dark misgivings of the soul usually unacknowledged even to himself i cannot say was the answer that the thought of passing through the gate of death into the immediate presence of my glorified lord affects me with blank disappointment or terror how what do you say cried carlos starting visibly absent from the body present with the lord to depart and be with christ is far better but it was san pablo the great apostle and martyr who said that for us we have the church's teaching carlos rejoined in quick anxious tones nevertheless i venture to think that in the face of all you have learned from god's word you will find it a task somewhat of the hardest to prove purgatory not at all said carlos and immediately he bounded into the arena of controversy laid his lance in rest and began an animated tilting match with his new friend who was willing of course thought carlos for argument's sake alone and as an intellectual exercise to personate a lutheran antagonist but not a few of the doughty champions have met the stern reality of a bloody death in the mimic warfare of the tilting field at every turn carlos found himself answered baffled confounded yet how could he how dared he acknowledge defeat even to himself when with the imperiled doctrine so much else must fall what would become of the private masses indulgences prayers for the dead nay what would become of the infallibility of the mother church herself so he fought desperately fear ever increasing quickened his perceptions baptized his lips with eloquence made his sense acute and his memory retentive driven at last from the ground of scripture and reason he took his stand upon that of scholastic divinity using the weapons with which he had been taught to play so deftly for once in terrible earnest he spun clever syllogisms in which he hoped to entangle his adversary but de so caught the flimsy webs in the naked hand of his strong scent and crushed them to atoms then carlos knew that the battle was lost i can say no more he acknowledged sorrowfully bowing his head and what have i said is it not in accordance with the word of god with a cry of dismay on his lips carlos turned and looked at him god help us are we then lutherans it may be christ is asking another question are we amongst those who follow him whithersoever he goeth oh not there not to that cried carlos rising in his agitation and beginning to pace the room 
i abhor heresy i eschew the thought from my cradle i have done so anywhere but that pausing at last in his walk before the place where de seso sat he asked and you senor have you considered whither this would lead i have i do not ask thee to follow but this i say if christ bids any man leave the ship and come to him upon these dark and stormy waters he will stretch out his own right hand to uphold and sustain him to leave the ship his church that would be leaving him and leaving him i am lost soul and body lost lost fear not at his feet clinging to him soul of man was never lost yet i will cleave to him and to the church too still if one must be forsaken let not that one be christ never never so help me god after a pause he added as if speaking to himself lord to whom shall we go thou hast the words of eternal life he stood motionless wrapped in thought while they say so rose softly and going to the window put aside the rude shutter that had been fastened across it the night is bright said carlos dreamily the moon must have risen that is daylight you see returned his companion with a smile time for wayfarers to seek rest in sleep prayer is better than sleep true and we who own the same precious faith can well unite in prayer with the willing consent of carlos his new friend laid their common desires and perplexities before god the prayer was in itself a revelation to him he forgot even to wonder that it came from the lips of a layman for de seso spoke as one accustomed to converse with the unseen and to enter by faith through the inner sanctuary the very presence of god himself and carlos found that it was good thus to draw nigh to god he felt his troubled soul returning to its rest to its quiet confidence in him who he knew would guide him by his counsel and afterwards receive him into glory when they rose instinctively their right hands sought each other and were locked in that strong grasp which is sometimes worth more than an embrace we have confidence each in the other said they say so so that we need exchange no pledge of faithfulness or secrecy carlos bowed his head pray for me senor he said pray that god who sent you here to teach me may in his own time complete the work he has begun then both lay down in their cloaks one to sleep the other to ponder and pray in the morning each went his several way and never was it given to carlos in this word to look upon that face or to grasp that hand again he who had thus crossed his path as it were for a moment was perhaps the noblest of all the heroic band of spanish martyrs that forlorn hope of christ's army who fought and fell where satan's seat was his high birth and lofty station his distinguished abilities even those more superficial graces of person and manner which are not without their strong fascination were all like the precious ointment with the odor of which the house is filled consecrated to the service of the lord for whom he lived and died the eye of imagination lingers with special and reverential love upon that grand calm figure but our simple story leads us far away amongst other scenes and other characters we must now turn to a different part of the wide missionary harvest field in which the lowly muleteer julian hernandez and the great noble don carlos de seso were both laboring was their labor in vain End of chapter twelve